when we started this shit, it was just some fun shit. But it was a, it was an idea that had something, you know, because it was just stuff that was funny to us, and it was it was uh, nostalgic to us. It's basically just like our childhood kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, just us growing up. So it's like you take that idea, you could apply it to fucking anything. Whether these socks, accessories, full kind. So like it mutated into like this lifestyle brand. When we came out the gate with like the socks, they they did all right. Once they sold out, we were like, fuck. Do we make like a second season? That was the moment that we made that decision. We were like, holy fuck. You're listening to Adam Niazzi and Drew Bird talk about how their streetwear and lifestyle brand, 40s and Shorties, got off the ground. Adam is the one dropping F-bombs. This is a good time to mention that this episode is totally unbeeped, so please be advised. 40s and Shorties was founded in LA in 2013 by Adam, Drew, and Ryan Dela Cruz. The friends started off making socks, moved on to producing printables, and went from there to cut and sew. What started for laughs, grew legs, and evolved into something sustainable. Do you think there's a certain kind of passion that comes when you're just starting out a side project and you don't know yet if it's going to be successful? Absolutely. For me personally, not knowing how you're going to make like your next check, you have no idea what the next week, the next month is going to look like. Is like equal parts excitement and fear. For me, it's like that drive, at least at the beginning, it was like this driving force behind us doing everything. It gives you that, that energy all the time to be like, all right, I'm fucking do 800 jobs. He's going to do 800 jobs. And it's that sort of weird fear of uncertainty, kind of like in the beginning if that makes sense. So now that 40s is established, this is your full time. Does it lose some of that charm? Does it lose some of that drive? That's actually a really good question. I mean, yes and no. For me personally, I still do music and I still DJ, you know, so before 40s and shorties, that's all I really knew was just DJing, going on the road and making beats and stuff. And just kind of came along and just had to learn everything on the way. But it's still very fun. Like we're, we're a very small percentage where we can just work with our friends and just make a product and put it out there into the world. I think uh, to answer your question, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's yes and no. It's not so much to the point where we're like a massive brand or anything like that. We got like a giant squad. We're like mad corporate. We're not that by any means. As any company grows, doesn't matter if it's like in this industry or the next one, right? And the people that have founded it grow with it you begin to evolve as well. I would say that the heart and soul of the 40s is still like really raw. It's still fucking like us, still based like in like, you know, the shit that we, we grew up on and whatnot, but can't help but absorb certain things like payroll and fucking insurance, cease and desist and shit like that, which tarnishes that shiny, awesome, raw thing that you started. So it's like five years down the road, what's that percentage gonna be like? But to keep you driving forward, you gotta make sure it's never lopsided to where it feels more work than it is hard. That threshold at absolute most needs to remain maybe 50-50. For us right now, it's like, it's fun, man. I mean, it's a, shit, it's a shit ton of stress, but if you get to be your own boss, it's the one real attribute out of all this that is great. Would that be the signal to you that things were tipping too much over to the other side if you felt, I'm actually doing this for someone else, like someone else is telling me what to do, whether that's someone's another brand or your fans, and that would signal to you, hey, I'm not enjoying this anymore. It depends on the degree, because a good word for that is compromise. And we have to compromise very regularly, right? When we came out the gate, we just did what the fuck we wanted to do, like on socks. Once we made that transition into printed goods, you quote unquote can't do certain pieces of art. One, it's not gonna get received in the same way because our background is like USA, West Coast. It doesn't translate the same way like in, you know, this part of the world. Plus the insanity of graphics, the crazy kind of content that I would like to put on tees isn't for everybody, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're gonna have those moments, you're gonna have those opportunities, like either getting like a new account or doing a certain kind of collaboration or needing to do a certain kind of design. Those moments of compromise, they kind of act as that of what you're talking about. But I don't think it's so much to the point where we feel like this shit's not ours. 
I spoke with Adam and Drew while the two of them were in Hong Kong for Art Basel, holding a pop-up at a collaborative event called Clubhouse that brought together various brands such as Carrots, Pleasures, Chinatown Market, and 40s and Shorties with local artists and music selectors. Are you guys more globally minded now? And is that a balance you have to strike between thinking for the American market and global? Or do you think they're compatible in some way? That's a hard question for me because I've been traveling for quite some time now. I feel like us being able to bring like our West Coast culture and us being from the States and being born and raised from the Bay Area, California, and now based in Los Angeles, I think it's tight that we can bring it to the world. and. It, we definitely have more of a global mind, but also I feel like people want to see where we're from. Absolutely. You know? yeah. I think that's actually, to answer your question, it's difficult to do adequately right now because we're in a transitional period within the history of our brand where that's happening now. Yeah. Right? It's like you come up the gate, we did this reference, this reference, this reference, right? Straight up shit that like we just grew up on or just we, we gravitated towards for whatever reason it was. And then the first few seasons were a pretty direct relation to that. But in the past, and I'll say like definitely for 2018, definitely 2017, there's, there's been an evolution or transition that's been happening in the, in the art, in the content where it's like, it's not just this stuff, right? Now we're injecting just our own personal style, like into the graphics. And it's like, you got to look like a lot of our graphics to, to, understand that but i think the the people that fuck with us like they they know that and they get it so it's like what's 40 stories is going to look like 2020 it might not have a whole lot of west coast us based references anymore it might just be just this this style that we're creating right now that's just taken off because up to this point that's what we know of you know yeah being a U.S. brand from Los Angeles, California, but maybe in the next two years and stuff, like we've been traveling as a brand more in the past year and a half now. So it's only been a year and a half now, and so I think we'll definitely be evolving, you know, just been, just with inspirations coming to Hong Kong, Asia, Absolutely. Europe, all that. So what I think is most important is uh, for a brand to to develop its own identity. It'll always be influenced by the shit that you grew up on. I think that always has like the strongest ties in terms of creative directors banging out like a collection, whatever whatever sentiment that they have in their right. heart. What resonates with you personally. Exactly. That will happen in the beginning stages, but along the way, you're going to have your personal taste, your personal experiences, all those things evolve with you. The moment that you're able to figure out, it's not so much a single graphic. We don't got to show like a lowrider on a tee to be like, hey, this is 40s and shorties. Like, nah, when you look at a graphic, just the feeling of it, the sentiment of it is like, oh, that feels like 40s. That's kind of where we want to be eventually. The way you guys started, the inspiration comes from your specific lives as in, and as you mature and see more of the world that's naturally going to come through, right? Do you think that your fans are going to follow with you like kind of grow in the same way or are you attracting a different crowd i think both are happening and what's really really awesome is to is to see like the diehard people that fuck with us from the get-go supporting that transition that's happening like all along the way when it comes to community the people who have been with the brand since day one and the people who are newly hearing about them perhaps even from this story Adam and Drew really do care about everyone they've encountered through the brand. I mean, it sounds like, I don't know, like some lame corny shit maybe, but I fucking love the people that really are down for us. I mean, really fuck with you, that reach out to you like on Instagram, that are fucking like, you know, emailing you, you know, you see at a trade show, you see at this event over here, and they're like, I, I've like lost count of the number of kids that I still text and I just keep up with going like, yo, when's this coming out? I love being able to learn from them, learn about their lives and kind of grow the brand like with them, if that makes sense. There's this kid, I'll give you an example. 
So one of the accounts that we sell to in the US is a store called Zoomies, right? And there's this kid named Devante. He has bought product from us every single drop. He got my contact in Denver and I text him and he texts me once a week. And he's learning how to do graphics, right? So he wants my advice. I hit him back and I say, maybe tweak this, maybe tweak this. You wanna text me like an image of the new graphic that you're working on? Why don't you bang out like maybe five? And you know, kind of craft it, make sure it all works. Devante himself, as an example, is easily one of my favorite things about being in this industry. Do you see yourself in a position to make lasting impact in people's lives in a real way that's more than about something that they wear? You know, it's not just about, oh, I want you to buy this tea, but you've described a perfect relationship where that's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, man, dude, for the brand to make a lasting impact, that's a very good question. I have no idea. I can't say what 40 footprint is gonna look like, you know, five years from now, if, if it's still even happening. For us to make a lasting impression, like one person by one person, at a time is absolutely how I would contribute to that. I think being able to impact, especially the younger generation, and for me personally, you can be someone who has no background in this, you know, and you can team up with some friends and just learn on the way. And if we can show them that if I can do that, then you definitely can do that too, you know? Cause I don't know shit about this. Like, <laughs> I didn't know I was, shit. <laughs> All I knew is, it was honestly, for me, it was just like, if anyone's trying to get into this, they have no background in it. They like it and they want to be involved in some sort of way. You can do it, you know? You just, you just have, for me, it was just having, having good friends. That's, that's basically what it was for me. Currently, even though outward appearances may suggest a much larger team, 40s and Shorties mainly consists of a tight core of three people. So what's possible with three slash four people and what's not? Like you guys have clearly, you've demonstrated you can do a whole ton, right? In this day and age, with the resources that are basically literally at your fingertips with an iPhone or with a laptop, a shit ton is possible. You have all the potential in the world to answer your question. Yo, and then you have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have Snapchat. These are the new storefronts to the world. Then there must be some things that you are hankering for, you want, and you know that you're short staffed, like your oh, yeah, resources absolutely. are tapped. Absolutely. This guy is a fucking maniac. How he travels, and consistently provides fucking like content to our, to our IG. He needs like an intern. I'm sure he does. <laughs> and I feel like there has to be a sacrifice that is being made here. There's something that is being given up. 100%. I mean, I just talked to Adam about this the other day. My days are literally cut in half now where it, it went from making beats all day and then just playing at night to where it's just like, I'm working on the brand with these guys during the day and then the second half of the day, I'm working on music and other stuff that I'm working on, like DJing. So it's, it's definitely a lot of sacrifices for me. It's just, it's all worth it, you know, because I still get to do music. I still get to play. But even so, like, I get to travel to Hong Kong for Art Basel, do a pop-up for a brand that I'm a part of, and I still get to DJ at the same time. Yeah. I have a hypothetical question. Let's say you got a cash infusion of 150000 US, what would you do with that money? What would that mean for 40s to suddenly have that extra cash? Filling a lot of gaps. Filling, yeah. Just like help. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's, so my, like, that's my, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Like hiring. Exactly. Hiring, yeah. yeah. So to answer your question before, basically the biggest- About sacrifice, yeah. That biggest sacrifice is time. Any sort of like personal life that you think you're gonna have, you know, going into like starting up a brand. Granted that you're really, really putting in that real work. You give up like a little bit of your personal life. You, you sacrifice time and when you've had 
just like a couple of years in the game, like you understand what's truly, truly important. And time is not just money. Time is like, you can't ever get it back. Like I have a daughter now, right? And so time that's put into this brand is time away from her. And so that's the sacrifice. That's like the clearest example I can give. That's to answer your question. So to answer this question, if we had that extra money, it would immediately go to staff. Let's say you are working with people or you are hiring people. How do you know what people you want to work with? Like, how do you identify that? I think this guy's a really good judge of character, like right off the bat. It's not just like a resume. You can be really good on paper, but it's like, we don't click with you. Yeah, I think it's just uh, definitely got to click with us and also have understanding what this hustle is about. You know what I mean? Like, especially for us where we're at, we're still very young, um, small and still growing. So it's not where it's just like, oh, you come in and you're just going to do this and then peace out and it's a real hustle. We're not saying like your whole life has to be around it. You gotta have some kind of work ethic still. Information is so accessible nowadays. People are just hit with it. Outside looking in into this world, you think it's easy. You want the like the glitz and glam that comes with it. But a lot of kids nowadays, um, again, I'm not shitting on all of them by any means. I've seen a lot of fucking real hustlers, really talented kids. Out and this, this goes for our generation. This goes too. for our generation yeah, 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 as well, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Aren't willing to do what is required to get to this point. On a whole, if I had one attribute that I would need in a business partner, an intern, whatever it is, is that drive, hunger. I'm talking to like another intern right now. He doesn't have all the experience in the world. He has a couple of tools in his belt, but easily what stands out the most is his drive. He honestly reminds me of me. When I first moved to LA, I was so blind to any repercussion or any blowback just to fucking get on. This is something I wanted to bring up is like clearly a lot goes into bringing a brand, like any brand, 40s included, to this level, right? And I feel like that's not talked about a lot, like the actual nitty gritty of making it happen from design to getting the products done to putting it in stores. It appears to be so easy and laid back. As an industry, do we need to talk more about like what goes into it? Definitely, you have to talk about it, you know, especially for younger cats that are like in high school or like 21, 22, trying to get into this, to this game. So they know what we went through to get into it. But then also it's just like, also having a forward mind and knowing that, keep it honest, shit is different now. You can bang shit out easily and make a profit. I mean, not everyone can do it. There is that possibility where you just come out with this graphic and it's gonna hit and you can just be on by that, you know? This new generation in the way how social media is and how the internet is where you were direct to consumer is so big where it's just like you can do something quick and if you just are very creative and it, and it hits, that's another way you can do it, you know? So for me, I'll be honest, I like the fact that I had the story where it's like we had to put in so much hours and so much work to make it happen but honestly if I could do something where I could just like put something on a tee or something yeah, and just get it out there easily make it pop off like that like I would love that yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. there shouldn't be like any sort of negative repercussion from what he just said mm -hmm. I think it depends on the brand and the person that's driving that brand you can have your one sort of like graphic that some people might label as a sellout graphic or some shit like that. But it doesn't outweigh what you are also doing over here. Both of those need to get acknowledged, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not here to glorify hard work yeah. for hard work's sake. I don't want to fall into the fact that like, oh, we work so hard and like give us props for working hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It needs to be discussed. People don't discuss it because it's, nobody wants to fucking hear about that shit. You just want to absorb the lifestyle that your brand's like supposed to be about. They just want to see popping bottles in the club, who the fuck are you doing this or fucking with this person, all that shit. But a good way to kind of sneak it in like through the back door is like if you do like LS, 
woven blanket, 6 by 80 for Art Basel. You can talk about its execution, where it was developed, and that's how you talk in a way you discuss how difficult it was to make this because it, it lets you know the value of what you're about to buy. And, and to add on top of that, because we're on this subject, for me, coming back to like my DJing background, when I was in high school, I remember seeing like older DJs, you know, that were in their mid-20s and even in their 30s that I somehow knew criticize the music that we listen to, you know? Cause they grew up more on like the uh, the Run DMC era into the early Tribe era. And for our era, it was Cash Money Millionaires, No Limit Records. They criticized our music that we grew up listening to. Even with Bay Area rap culture, it was different, you know? Me thinking back like that is like, you don't want to be that old head telling these young kids, yo, this ain't right, this is, this is not music. Cause now look at it, when I play big timers, you know, or any of that at a party, like it goes up. That's what we grew up on and that's our culture. So I'm just kind of going, kind of like relating it to, to my experience as a DJ and hearing older cats telling me like, yo, this is not right, this is right. And for me, when I see these young cats and they putting stuff on a t-shirt and stuff, and as, as long as, here's another side note, as long as they know about the culture, and kind of have some kind of understanding of the history of it. And they, they respect it. They don't have to talk about it. Be as long as like, they respect it. Yeah, as long as they respect it and understand. Then I'm like, yeah, go ahead, do your thing because this is the way it's gonna move. It's the new generation and let the kids do what they do, you know? It's not about, you don't want to be like the old head. It's just, you need to understand and respect it for what it is. I take notice of how easy certain brands are, are able to uh, pop up and find success. At the same time, I'm like, that is, that's the tempo and the temperament of this generation like coming up. And then you meet them like later and they're cool as fuck. Right? And they're like, yo, that thing you did is ill. Or like, yo, I know that reference. You're like, yo, what the hell that movie? But also you can learn something from them. So Absolutely. You know? that, that's, yeah. the, that's the other big, big thing is that you're not Yoda just because you've got years on them, right? That's like a really, really good point is that learning how to adapt by seeing how they move is, is crucial. I, I totally agree. And I think it's easier to just dismiss the kids and like say, oh, we don't need to pay attention to this. What you're suggesting is takes more time for us to like process this. Like, let's think about, you know, why are they having success? Like, where is their mind at? Adam and Drew, if there was anything from 40s and Shorties history that totally backfired on them. They first brought up the numerous cease and desist they've received from brands like Patagonia and Hennessy, but then Drew recalled a situation that definitely did not go the way they expected. I mean, this is definitely one we'll never do again and we'll be more prepared. We did a one-year anniversary party. For, oh uh, my yeah. God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, did, yeah. we did a one-year anniversary uh, house party actually in the Hollywood Hills in LA. Basically, the entire city came out. Um, this house got fucking destroyed. This, this, yeah, we found it on Airbnb. We found a dude and then he allowed us to book it through him without Airbnb to get like a cheaper rate or something. And he made us like sign this little insurance thing or something, hoping that it wouldn't get fucked up and we're like, no, it's only gonna be, you know, 50 people max and stuff like that. And it's a nice ass spot, you know? And then our dumbasses didn't think to like move the nice ass furniture and stuff like that, you know? We thought it was just gonna be like, you know, brand owners and a couple of homies and stuff, but man, like the word People got out. Like putting out cigarettes on the fucking white leather couches. And yeah. Shit. It was like, yo, she was a turn shit up show. and have a good time and everything like yeah. that. But that comes out of our pocket. Yeah. He had glass railing on the stairs. Glass got fucking cracked. When that shit gets cracked, 
cracked. Yeah. You don't just fix like that four square inches that got cracked. Yeah. You have to replace the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I just remember uh, when it was like, not even minute, it was like 11.30 and all of us were like, bro, what the fuck? And then the, the guy's house, he had like an assistant and he was watching over the house and he was telling us, you guys need to stop the party now. It's, yeah. it's gonna be too crazy. It's, hey, it's overdone. And cops came too and all that stuff. But then he talked to the cops, they left. He's like, y'all just need to call the cops and kick everyone out because this is getting too crazy. Yeah. I remember all, all of us were just looking at each other. We're like, fuck it, man. This is one of these you know stories that we definitely learned from and like never ever we're gonna definitely still do events and parties but never like that again talking about the efforts that they put into organizing events led to a discussion of the art basel pop-up adam and drew installed the two of them had carried all their setup materials over from la stuff including virgin mary candles vinyl wrap for the floor and walls the woven blankets and tote bags that were being sold and even a small wooden pew with red velvet draping a booth essentially, it's meant to be modeled after like the interior of a church. And the idea is, is that, and I'm sorry for people who don't know product or haven't seen it yet. It's a, it's an original graphic that's inspired by sort of East LA, like Cholo style art, but then dead center in the art is actually a, an etching piece of the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary has these DIY kind of like collaged eyes that are kind of like seductive and suggestive. That idea of having like, say the Virgin Mary that's housed in the social conformity of like, this is good, this is bad, being poked fun at. That's forties and shorties to me. And the overall commentary essentially is meant to be is that the, uh, the pace and the current climate of fashion, I would say like hype in general has become the new religion. That your followers or your fans or your customers pray to their respective religion. Forties puts this much effort into every event, booth and pop-up, whether at Hong Kong Art Basel or for Hustler or at ComplexCon. When people might not receive what you're trying to do from the get-go after all those hours that you put into it, it's a little discouraging. But is it worth it? Fuck yes, because it's, it's our way to tell our own story. In spring 2017, 40s and Shorties collaborated with Sam's Hofbra, a gentleman's club in LA. And then towards the end of the year, 40s released a collection with Hustler, the monthly pornographic magazine first published in 1974 by Larry Flint. I wanted to hear some more about the thinking behind these two collaborations to see how they fit in with the 40s identity. You guys collaborated with Hustler and you also collaborated with Sam's Hofbrau. But I was wondering if doing those kind of collaborations is more tricky nowadays after kind of this yeah. Me Too women's rights movement. Yeah. There's more potential for backlash. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me specifically, uh, Sam's Hofbra is the LA staple. Sam's Hofbra was just more of a nostalgic thing because Foreign Short is definitely based on, you know, nostalgia and stuff. Everyone in LA knows what Sam's Hofbra is. I mean, it could have just as easily been a bar. It just happens to be like this LA staple. What it is though, to me, like, it's a bit of a gamble, right? Because obviously there is going to be a portion of your audience who's going to understand that, who's going to yeah. appreciate that, actually, yeah. and think yeah. like, this is great. But there's definitely a portion of people out there who are yeah. just going to yeah. overflow. Like, another brand doing some you know that's the thing that you have to factor in yeah right? for sure and, and Adam knows I, I I voice my opinion on this a lot and um for Adam uh he's the one who brought Hustler to the table when I told him like yo this is like doing too much of this hardcore you know like sex type stuff but his explanation was the story of Larry Flint how I saw the 
the collaboration come to life with the Hustler wasn't so much like focused on naked girls in a magazine. It's not about that. The story of Larry Flynn is actually one that's really, really interesting and a real American rags to riches kind of story. And in a way, I thought it like actually paralleled what we're trying to do with 40s, like how we found it ourselves. Like you have to put in that work to establish yourself like all that. There was, there was parallels though. Plus with the Hustler thing, there was a lot of political activism that actually went into that. His defense of, you know, his, his First Amendment rights, freedom of speech when he was being isolated, uh, separated from all of these other, you know, adult publications. Why, why am I being singled out? I have the right to uh, publish this sort of like content the same way that Playboy does over here. All these like these other literally 68 like publications that exist in the, in the state of Ohio like alone to do. Why am I being singled out? So I kept this story in mind as I was building out like the capsule and I didn't really want to focus it on the raunchy aspect so much. If you take a close look at like the final capsule, it's actually Larry Flint heavy. So regardless of whatever your opinion is, as long as you're receiving and delivering it with respect, we'll be okay. We can have a healthy discussion about that shit. If we were ever worried about some sort of like being like uh, boxed in this idea of only like doing like grimy brunch shit or whatever, we didn't, it, it was, it's balanced out by like equally dope stuff too that is on the complete opposite end of that spectrum too with just as well thought out, well thought out product. Adam spoke about not picturing 40s and shorties in any kind of box, even if outsiders might see the brand that way. But it's not possible to exist in a vacuum. Do you guys think of your brand in relationship to your favorites? Like, do you think about, you know, how are we positioned compared to them? Or is it odd we do our own thing? And even though this is my personal favorite, existing somewhere else. The artistic temperament response would be like, fuck it, man. We, you know, we do our own thing, man. We got blinders on. Well, I think any person that says that is lying at least a little bit because to what to do that entirely 100% is in a way slightly foolish, right? You have to understand what's at least in your peripherals. Cause you know, this person over here just did this design, for instance, do you want to have blinders on to do that same design? And I know I'm about to contradict myself. I've actually done that to a degree, it, but it wasn't like deliberate necessarily. If you understand development calendar, you have to do stuff at least six to eight months in advance, right? So if that graphic, where the fuck it is, is like already in development and you see like these motherfuckers over here, drop it before you were like, like, fuck that shit. We're still going to run it. Cause I like ours. That's almost like a logistical example of it. In terms of like an artistic context to, to answering that, yeah, I want to be as dope as this brand over here. I would love to have 40s be received in the same, not the same vein, but same respect as like Sakai over here. There's still something that's like aspirational for you Absolutely. Guys. And it goes back to one of the earlier questions that you asked. And it's like that young sort of raw driving force yeah. that sort of fueled 40s like in that first like two seasons that has me still going now. And it's me as a fan of this culture, me still looking up to other brands and aspiring to be as ill as them. Like Junior, just genius. There's no compromise. It's so insane, like 900 different panels and fabrics and textures, but all of it compositionally like works together beautifully. To me, that's not a compromise. That's what I would like for 40s. We're gonna do what we wanna do, okay? We understand that you have to compromise like to a degree, it's business as well, but that's how I like to parallel uh, our brand with another brand aspiration. It's not about the specific thing that that brand is producing, but it's that mentality yes. that you also want to yeah. have. Well thought out products, a refusal to compromise, those things resonate widely with entrepreneurs and business owners. Another thing about the 40s and shorties ethos that is even more universal is the joy of working with friends. Do 
One thing I identified like myself, like resonated with me about 40s and shorties is getting to work with your friends and build a thing. And I was wondering if you guys have that feeling sometimes like, oh my goodness, a couple years down the road, I'm still just working with friends, working hard, but I get to make this thing. Yeah, um, I think definitely like, I think yesterday we're at a, a dinner and it was us, Mike, Mike Sherman from a Chinatown Market, Vlad and uh, Alex from Pleasures, Carlos and a few people from LA. And I was talking with, uh, Vlad and we we just stepped outside and we're just talking. We just had the same conversation. We're just like putting in quotes what Vlad said to me when we're talking about it. He's like, yo, we're like the five percenters of just people who could work with your friends and meet other friends in different countries, do special projects like this. We we kind of carve our own path. So sometimes you take it for granted though, you know, cause it's like, he knows my complaints. It's like, fuck, I gotta go here. I, I don't want to go here. Mm-hmm. Gotta go out here to shoot this thing in a different city. It's like, fuck, why do I gotta do that? But it's like, you gotta keep in mind, man. Like my mother, she works in a factory, you know? But yes, definitely I still, once in a while I get a, get a reminder. I'm like, damn, like I'm really working with my friends and we're traveling. We have our own office. We, we make our own schedule. A lot of times you get sucked into the void of just the hustle. When you gotta like do everything like yourselves, it sucks like a lot of time and you're like, you're just drawn into it. Sometimes you gotta step back. Or sometimes you're fortunate enough to have that, that step being taken back for you when you get to go on a trip like this and you get to travel the world, you get to meet like other homies that are like-minded that you get to share kind of like creative ideas with and shit. And you're like, holy fuck, this is amazing. This story was hosted, narrated, and written by myself, Sharice Poon. Audio was mixed by Elphick Wu. Photos for this story, which are visible on makein.com, were shot by Christopher Lim in Los Angeles. The rest of the team includes Eugene Can, Alex Mayland, and Nate Can. Stick around to hear what Drew Bird thinks is highly underrated. What's something underrated that you think more people should be getting on? I think mine would be, uh, this fool's gonna laugh, but the movie Ratatouille. That movie, that movie is is tight as fuck because (laughs) the reason is, here's the reason too though, all right? Because every everyone, everybody, (laughs) for everyone that's ever talked shit about my obsession with Ratatouille, this is for you, fuck. Because you have to understand, right? The movie is good, first of all, but here's one thing. If I had a kid, I'll put that on a lot. The one thing that they stress in that movie is anybody can cook. (laughs) So anybody can do anything you want. You just got to set your mind to it. If a mouse can cook for an entire (laughs) restaurant and like crazy ass nice cuisine in in Paris, France. I know it's fictional, but... (laughs) The story behind it is tight. Like, I like the message. It's like, you can do anything you set your mind to, you know? So that's why I choose that. I think that movie is very underrated.